Welcome to Daily Defining Moments. This is Pastor Allen, and I'm so glad you're with me. Our goal each day is to help you open your Bible and connect with Jesus. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We're reading through the New Testament portion of the one-year Bible in the New Living Translation. Today is February 1st, and our reading comes from Matthew chapter 21. Here's what Matthew says. When Jesus returned to the temple, and began teaching, the leading priest and elders came up to him, and they demanded, by what authority are you doing all these things? Who gave you the right? You know, the truth is, that was a dumb question. I mean, Jesus is healing the sick, raising the dead. I mean, doing all these really profound, obvious miracles. Anybody with an open heart who's seeing what Jesus is doing and listening to his teaching and the authority of his message knows this man is sent from God. But the truth is they're proud and their hearts are closed to the truth. So Jesus says this, well, I'll tell you about what authority I do these things. If you answer one question, Jesus replied, Did John's authority to baptize come from heaven, or was it merely human? Well, they talked it over among themselves, and they realized, if we say it was from heaven, he will ask us, why didn't we believe John? But if we say it was merely human, we'll be mobbed because the people believed John was a prophet. So they finally replied, we don't know. And here's what's interesting. What that means is the people recognized in the lifestyle of John and the message of John that he was trustworthy, that he was a credible source of truth, right? They saw him as a prophet. They're open-hearted. They responded to his message and repented and opened their heart and prepared for the Messiah. However, the religious leaders are looking at John, and the truth is they were jealous. They didn't like the fact that everybody wanted to hear John, but they really did want to listen to them preach, right? And so rather than being open-hearted to John and preparing their heart for the coming Messiah, they closed their ears, they closed their heart to his message. And so now that Jesus is on the scene, they're missing it. So they just admit, we don't know. If we say he's a prophet, then it will be expected that we should believe his message. What was his message? The kingdom of heaven is at hand, and he announced, behold, the Lamb of God. So we can't say that. But if we say he's not from God, then the people are going to go crazy because they think he was a prophet. Well, that's because their hearts were open to the obvious truth. So here's what Jesus says. He's trying to help them to understand this. Jesus replied, well, then I'm not going to tell you by what authority I do these things. But he does tell this parable. Listen, he says, a man had two sons. And he said to the older boy, son, go out and work in the vineyard today. And the son said, no, I'm not going. But later he changed his mind and he went anyway. Then the father told the other son, go out into my vineyard. And he said, yes, sir, I will. But he didn't go. 
Which of the two obeyed his father? They replied, well, obviously the first. Well, then Jesus explained his meaning. I tell you the truth. Corrupt tax collectors and prostitutes will get into the kingdom of God before you do. For John the Baptist came and showed you the right way to live, but you didn't believe him, while tax collectors and prostitutes did. And even when you saw this happening, you refused to believe him and repent of your sins. In other words, you're like the younger brother. You say, I'm going to obey, but the truth is you're just religious. Your hearts aren't open to God. There's no real repentance and brokenness or humility in your life. Whereas these tax collectors, these prostitutes, these people whose lives are, are very normal and common, man, their hearts are open to the message of God coming to the prophet John. Well, then he tells another parable. Again, he's trying to help them to see. He says this, verse 33. Now listen to another story. A certain landowner planted a vineyard and he built a wall around it, dug a press for pressing out the grape juice, built a lookout tower. And then he leased the vineyard to tenant farmers and moved to another country. Well, at the time of the great harvest, he sent his servants to collect his share of the crop. But the farmers grabbed his servants, beat one, killed one, and stoned the other. So the landlord sent a larger group of his servants to collect for him, but the results were the same. Finally, the owner sent his own son, thinking, surely they'll respect my son. But when the tenant farmers saw his son coming, they said to one another, here comes the heir to the estate. Come on, let's kill him and get the estate for ourselves. So they grabbed him, dragged him out of the vineyard and murdered him. When the owner of the vineyard returns, Jesus says, what do you think he'll do to those farmers? The religious leaders replied, he'll put those wicked men to a horrible death and lease the vineyard to others who will give him his share of the crop after each harvest. Well, then Jesus answered then, didn't you ever read in the scripture, the stone the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing and it's wonderful in our eyes. I tell you the truth, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a nation that will produce the proper fruit. Anyone who stumbles over that stone will be broken to pieces and it will crush anyone it falls on. When the leading priest and the Pharisees heard this parable, they realized he was telling the story against them. They were the wicked farmers. They wanted to arrest him, but they were afraid of the crowds who considered Jesus to be a prophet. And so in this parable, God communicates to these religious leaders, I sent prophets, I sent messengers, I sent John, now I've even sent my son, but you refuse to listen. There's no fruit in your life. And so God has cut you off and he's raising up a new nation who will serve and honor him. And of course, this new nation is made up of both Jews and Gentiles, right? And so they hear the parable. They know, again, he's talking about us. And in spite of all the evidence, the message of John, the message of Jesus, all the miracles they've seen, the response of the crowds, despite all the evidence, which was plain and obvious, they are more concerned about their own privilege, 
power, position, authority, pride. They refuse to humble themselves and believe. They refuse to come into the kingdom of God. In fact, they want to kill Jesus, even after he's just told them this parable. Now, here's the thing we all have to be careful about. It's easy for us to love Jesus because he's taken us to heaven. But at times when he confronts our thinking, confronts a relationship, confronts an an attitude or something in our character, confronts something in our behavior, sometimes it's easy to close our hearts and not listen and even to get angry. It reminds me of what James says. Everybody should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. In other words, when we hear the truth, when we hear the message, the invitation of God to come follow Him and to turn away from sin and independence, sometimes we have to be careful not to get angry, not to talk back and justify ourselves and to argue our case, but instead to receive with humility the Word of God that has the power to save our souls. Listen, let's not be like these religious leaders. Let's recognize that the life and the message and the power of God displayed in the life of Jesus is all the evidence we need to believe and to follow him and to allow him to be Lord and King over every area of our life. Remember, Jesus is our good shepherd. He is our good father. He came to bless us, to give us a rich and satisfying life. But the only way we can have that life is if we follow him. We cannot follow Jesus and live in independence. And we cannot choose independence and enjoy the benefits of a close personal relationship, a life-changing relationship with Jesus. We have to make a decision. So let's not harden our hearts. Let's not make the mistake of the religious leaders. Let's open our hearts, humble ourselves, follow Jesus, and trust Him to lead us into our best life. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you so much just for this warning. I can't imagine living in that day and seeing all of this and still being so close-hearted to the person and the message of Jesus. God, I pray that you would help us to always keep an open heart, to always be listening and paying attention to what you're doing, what you're saying, to be open to your word, to receive it with humility because it has the power to save our souls. God, help us to be quick to listen and slow to speak. Help us not to to disagree, to argue, and to defend ourselves, to grow angry, but instead in humility to trust you and to follow you into our best life. God, give us the faith to do it, to believe that you are good and that you are for us and that you want to bless us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thanks again for being with me today. I hope that encourages you to remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We'll see you again tomorrow.